I want to turn about this again to the book of Acts, Acts chapter number 13. Once again, Acts chapter uh, number 13 will be at the end of the chapter tonight. And I appreciate all the music, the choir, the orchestra, uh, special music, appreciate that. And uh, I know it's warm, and I know the choir especially gets warm because they're huddled together up there. And uh, so when I pray, there are a few seats down here up front and uh, over. Nobody wanted to sit by Brother Sally tonight, so there's some seats over there. If you're more comfortable moving, please move. Um, just just stay inside the building if you would. Um, but uh, you, I don't want you to I'm try to make you as comfortable as possible. And because it is warm, I do not want to pass out from dehydration preaching tonight. Uh, so uh, I'm going to get right to to the point, get right to the message, make the point that I believe the Lord wants us to uh, make, and then um, we'll uh, go home and have a popsicle tonight. How about that? And, and I've, I've, all afternoon, I've tried to get over being offended. Um, two Sunday mornings in a row, I've let you out before 12, and I can't recall anybody commenting on that. But let me go two minutes after 12. And, oh, a little long today, Pastor. Oh, you had a lot to say today, Pastor. But the two minutes out before 12, nobody even says a thing. So, um, so no, no, it's too late. It's too late. Uh, it's, it's, it's insincere. I know the insincerity of your heart. So, uh, Acts chapter number 13. This morning I preached a message that may not have been a typical Sunday morning message, but it's, it's a thing the Lord has put on my heart. And tonight, uh, the message I'm I bringing, um, I have a, so many messages outlined through the book of Acts. And as you know, we're, we're in the book of Acts this year. I'm not going verse by verse. I'm not even necessarily going in chronological order. But the, the, just where the Lord leads. And oftentimes, uh, uh, part of pastoring is just listening to the needs of the people. And this morning, I felt like I addressed some things that, 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 that um, I think several people uh, have been dealing with. And tonight is one of those situations as well uh, that I think uh, that you get a sense. Uh, if, if three or four people are struggling with it, there's probably more than that uh, that are struggling with it. And so tonight, <clears throat> I want to bring a message. So I want you to listen very clearly, uh, very intently tonight. And uh, we'll see what the Lord has for us. So we'll begin reading in verse 44 of Acts chapter number 13. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the Word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the Word of God should first have been spoken to you, but seeing ye put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord, and as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. But the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coast. They shook off the dust of their feet against them and came unto Iconium, and the disciples uh, were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. 
We're going to look at several things here. I want to make a couple of casual comments before I actually give you the text verse tonight. Anytime a group of people, an individual, wants to do something for the Lord, there are going to be those who oppose it. There are going to be those who try and work against it. I also want to give just a word of caution. It has really not a whole lot to do with my sermon tonight, but just a casual observation. In verse 50, the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women. Uh, and let me just give an admonition to every husband. Protect your wife from the influence uh, of other people. Uh, so many times when Satan wants to stir amongst God's people, uh, he comes to the women of the church. And uh, women, don't allow yourself to get stirred up uh, by things that you shouldn't get stirred up. The Bible says they were devout and honorable women. These weren't necessarily gossips. Um, but just protect your heart and your mind, if you would. And then uh, look at our text tonight, verse fifty-seven and verse 50, uh, fifty-one and verse fifty-two. But they shook off the dust of their feet against them and came unto Iconium, and the disciples were filled with joy. There is a difference in experiencing joy, having joy from time to time. There's an exper- there's a difference in having a high, if you will, of everything going well in your life. That's, that's not necessarily joy because it is attached to circumstances. We read some things here that were not ideal circumstances, and yet the Scripture says the disciples were filled with joy. Think about that. Filled with joy. Today, Christian, can you say that you are filled with joy? Joy. I didn't ask you tonight if you knew how to spell it. I didn't ask you tonight if you've ever had it. I asked you tonight, are you filled with joy? Tonight, I want to bring just a simple message on having joy in ministry. Having joy in ministry. Father, I pray that uh, you'll help us tonight with the time that we have. I pray that uh, the Word of God will be our teacher. I pray that the the Holy Spirit of God will uh, work in our hearts tonight. And uh, Father, I know that life can bring some difficult things. I know that life can bring some adverse circumstances. But Father, the Christian can still have joy. The Christian can still have peace. And I pray that uh, tonight's message will help us uh, even in our most difficult times. I pray that you'll uh, just bless the remainder of the service. We thank you for what you've done today, the souls that were saved. And Father, we look forward to what you do this evening. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The ministry or serving God uh, is a very rewarding thing. Let me just say to you tonight that you serving the Lord is ministry. Uh, whatever area that you have served the Lord in the church, and I preached on that this morning, uh, serving God and having ministry uh, can be a very rewarding thing. Uh, serving others, serving the Lord, advancing the, the cause of Christ, all of those things in ministry, it is what we are to do as a Christian. God did not just save you uh, just to save you. He saved you from the pits of hell. We're thankful for that. But if God did not have something for you to do, the moment you trusted Christ as your Savior, He'd take you over to heaven. The reason why we are still here, saved and on our way to heaven, is because there is something 
that God wants us to do for Him. I remind you of the Scripture, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of the saints. God looks at the death of saved people a lot different than you and I do. God longs for His children to be with Him. He longs for the redeemed to be with Him. And the reason why He leaves us here after salvation is because He has something for us to do. Serving Him. Serving in ministry. And there's a very rewarding thing about serving the Lord. I hope that you keep your eyes focused on Him and you remind yourself that the day is going to come when we are going to be with Him in heaven and we are going to be with our Savior. We're going to have the privilege of kneeling at His feet and worshiping Him. And don't you long to hear the words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That is the goal, or should be the goal, of every Christian. But as you know, and I know, it's not always easy, while it is always right, it's not always easy to serve the Lord. While it is always right, it is not without difficulty to, to serve Him in ministry. We find such is the case in our text this evening. You have these men we saw tonight, uh, this morning. Uh, they were separated by the Holy Spirit. They were called out by the Holy Spirit. They were sent out by that great church at Antioch. And now they're beginning to preach uh, a risen Savior. They're beginning to preach the gospel to those who do not have it. They come up against some difficulty. We find in verse number 45, because of envy, they were a group that spake the opposite of everything the Apostle Paul preached and spake. They tried to undo everything that he was doing. Now, certainly, that is a frustrating thing. And by the way, it's frustrating for this preacher as well to preach the Word of God and for you to allow somebody to get in your ear, especially young people, get in your ear and say everything the opposite of what the pastor says. Everything the opposite of what your good mom and dad say. Everything the opposite of what the Word of God says. There's always going to be opposition like that. We find in verse number 50 that the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women. These were, were devout and honorable women, the Bible tells them. And the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas. They were working to, to, to silence these preachers. They were working to not just hinder, but to eliminate their witness, to, to, to get in the way of their purpose, to halt the advancement of the cause of Christ. They are working against and raise persecution. Well, you ought to just read on your own time that through the book of Acts and just make a mental note as you read chapter after chapter after chapter of all the times persecution is mentioned and all the times that they were, they were hindered and put in jail. They lived with this persecution. It's, it's more intense persecution than somebody looking at you funny on Monday morning when they ask you what you did uh, over the weekend. You said you went to church and they give you that funny look. Uh, there's a little more persecution than that when we talk about this passage of Scripture. But what is the response? Did they quit? Absolutely not. What was their reaction to this? Did they whine about it? We do not find that in Scripture. 
What is the reaction by these uh, who were who were hindered uh, by those that would do work against the work of God to raise persecution against them? What is the reaction that we find? It's there in verse fifty-one. They but they shook off the dust of their feet against them. They didn't even let it interrupt their day. They just shook off the dust and said, we'll move on to to the next town. We'll move on to the next people that want to hear. And they did not let it hinder them. They did not let it discourage them. And that, that, that would be enough right there. But look what the Bible says. Not only did they have that spirit about themselves, we're not going to let this bother us. Sometimes you and I have to just... We just have to get we just have to get get, get some determination and say, I'm not gonna let some adversity in life or I'm trying to serve the Lord. Isn't it amazing how life it always comes when you make up your mind this is what I'm gonna do, we're gonna do this and this and this, and then life brings adversity? I, I tell this to new Christians all the time, and it's something that you and I need to be reminded of. The moment you get decide you're going to do something for the Lord, that's when you're going to there's going to be Satan himself's going to try and hinder you. What is their reaction? They they just said we're going to shake off the dust and we're going to move on. But there's more to it than even that. Verse 52, our text, and the disciples were filled with joy. They were still happy. I picture them as they they travel from one town to the next, uh, singing of the praises of God, rejoicing in what God is doing, in spite of the less than optimal circumstances to serve the Lord. And by the way, that's what a lot of Christians, they want, I'll serve God, but I want it to be in a vacuum. I don't want it to be any opposition. I don't want it to be any difficulty. Just let me serve God. That's not the way it works. It's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual warfare. And we have an enemy that is going to work against the church. It's going to work against you. And when, the, when, you, when opposition comes in your life, when you're just trying to serve God, we find these disciples, these apostles, they said, we're just shaking the dust off our feet. And scripture tells us that they were filled with joy. Christian, how, do you, how are you responding tonight? to your adversity. Do you have joy? Or do we find ourselves complaining about the circumstances? Now, let's be honest. The Scripture tells us, and there's another sermon for another day, when Peter admonishes those that were going to worship him, he says, no, 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 we're men just like you are. We have the same passions you have. But yet they were so surrendered to the things of God that when opposition and persecution and less than ideal circumstances came, we don't find them complaining. We don't find them uh, they're talking about whether or not they're going to quit or whether or not it's time to water down the gospel and whether or not it's time to change our message uh, so that the, the, everybody will receive it. That's not what they do. They shake the dust off and then the Bible says they're filled with joy. You know, Christian, it's, it's a wonderful thing for you to have joy about you and to have a good spirit about you when everything is going good. But how about when the adversity comes? How about when the difficulty comes? Do you know when things are going good for you, God is on His throne, but you know when when adversity comes, God is still just as good to you? Well, once you're saved, you're always saved. You're always going to heaven. It can't get any better than that. 
There's too many Christians that we get into circumstances that we don't like. We get in, 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 we're facing, I, I just want to survive. I just want to rear my children to turn out to be a good citizen, to be a, a good Christian, to serve the Lord with their life. And, and we find opposition, we find adversity. Do you still walk away with joy? What a testimony it would be for every member of Emmanuel Baptist Church and even beyond that, every Christian, that in spite of opposition, in spite of adversity, they were still filled with joy. Let me tell you something about your witness. When adversity comes and you respond to that the way lost people respond to it, there's no witness there. But when you can respond to it and say, God is still good, I'm still glad I'm serving the Lord. And have a genuine joy about you. It is a witness. It is a testimony. Now, let's look at the message this evening. Having joy in ministry. <clears throat> having joy in our Christian life. I want you to see, first of all, that there is a priority of winning souls. See, you and I need to be reminded. I hope you're with me tonight. Somebody's car is going off, so... If you, if, if you figure that out, uh, I'll let you take care of that. All right, everybody grab your keys. Hit your button. Anybody know who that is? I thought the frogs were bad. Okay. There you go. All right, very good. All right, we got it. Um, uh, you and I, we, we see, first of all, there's a priority of winning souls. Do you know where joy comes from? Joy only comes from the Lord. There's happiness that can come from super, uh, 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 external circumstances. Happiness comes from, uh, we, we, we get to enjoy things and we get, we're happy about that. Joy comes from the Lord. And you know the best way for you and I to have joy is to put our focus and priority on what He puts the priority on? Well, you look, you look at how these men responded and, and that there was adversity. There was opposition. But yet the Bible says they were still filled with joy. And as a church, uh, the more we pursue souls, the more the devil is going to work against us. The more we're trying to advance the cause of Christ, the more the devil is going to work against us. And you and I can still have joy in the midst of some adversity. I guarantee you people look at us, they visit us, and they say, you're having church in a tent, and it's 140 degrees in there. Why do you look so happy? Because our priority is God's priority, and when we have the same priority as God, He gives us joy because that is fulfilling our our purpose in life, is to honor God and to do what He would have us to do. And I find that they had a priority of winning souls. Can I tell you, when, when, when you do the best you can in adversity and somebody still gets saved, that'll bring some joy to your heart. Do you realize that we we, we read very quickly through the text this evening, several verses, but do you realize as we look into verse 
46, 47, and 48, as they begin to say to the Jews, you rejected it, now we are sent to the Gentiles. Guess who got happy about the, the fact that they could get saved? The Gentiles got happy, and they believed and got saved. When you tell you, you have all the adversity, all of the opposition, when you pursue souls and people get saved, that, God will give you joy. God will give you something that you can't get from uh, 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 superficial circumstances. There's the priority of winning souls. Christian, have you lost your joy? Participate in the priority of winning souls. Not everybody can preach the message on Sunday morning. Not everybody can sing to prepare the hearts of the people. Not everybody can teach a Sunday school class. Not everybody can go and knock on door after door and tell people about Christ. But you know, everybody can do something to, to contribute to the priority of winning souls. Uh, your faithful giving in the offering says there's a priority on reaching people with the gospel. Uh, the, the faithfulness of being a, a witness and passing out of God, praying for laborers, praying for soul owners, praying for lost people to be saved. There's the priority of winning souls. And these individuals, these men, the Bible says that they kept their joy. They did not only keep their joy, they were filled with joy because there was a priority of winning souls. Number two, we see there was a publishing of the Word of God. In verse 49, the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. Well, they magnified the word of God. They published it. They preached it. They propagated it. And that was their purpose and that was their goal. Again, what is God's priority was their priority. And when they faced persecution, when they faced less than perfect circumstances, they still had their joy. But let me tell you how to keep your joy when you're carrying a burden. Let me tell you how to keep your joy when you've been disappointed by life or something that's taken place in life. Let me tell you how to keep your joy when you're just trying to do the best you can and serve God and you face opposition. Magnify the Word of God. For so many times when we, we face difficult times, we retract ourselves from the Word of God, and that's when we need to immerse ourselves into the Word of God. Well, you know to heal a nation, the Word of God. You know to heal a home, the Word of God. You know to help a hurting church, the Word of God. See, when, when you have your eyes focused on God, the, what, that which God prioritizes and that which God has a mission to do, did not God say, go into all the world and preach the gospel? Did not God, uh, Jesus, give that, 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 that decree before He ascended into heaven, go into Jerusalem, Judea, Siberia, and the uttermost parts of the earth? Well, here we find that they had published the Word of God. They had accomplished, you know, in spite of the circumstances. Verse 45, and spake against those things. But yet, in verse number 49, and the Word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. They couldn't stop it. When God wants something to get done, and you have you have men, and you have women, you have a church that wants to accomplish what God wants to accomplish, it gets done. But they determined that they were going to publish the word of the Lord. Number three, this is key. Look at verse fifty-two. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. We find the presence of the Holy Spirit. Do you know who can 
heal your wounds? Pastor can't. Your loved one can't. The Holy Spirit can't. You know who can help you in difficult circumstances like nobody else can? The Holy Spirit of God. When a Christian is, is grieving and they're facing heartache, there's a lot of prayers to pray. But I know I always pray the prayer, Holy Spirit of God, comfort them. It's like only you can comfort them. I can tell you it's going to be okay, but you may or may not believe me, but when the Holy Spirit of God, some of you can testify, you know exactly what I'm talking about, when the Holy Spirit of God, that sweet presence is there, and He says it's going to be okay. I remember going through uh, the sickness and death of our daughter. So how did you get through that? The only thing I can say is that the Holy Spirit is very, very real. And He helps you heal. He helps you get through it. He helps you go on. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit. See, I wish, and I want to help you, and I wish some of you would understand that there's more to this thing than just being able to check a bunch of boxes of we're not doing, we don't do this as a Christian, we do this as a Christian, and we do all of that. When the tough times come, you're going to want the presence of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not going to fill a dirty vessel. The Holy Spirit, you quench Him and you grieve Him. And then when the difficult times come, you wonder why you have no joy. You wonder why you can't continue on. That's why, that's why it's important for you to live a clean life. That's why it's important for you to, to just say, I want to be holy as the Word of God describes holiness. That's why as your pastor, that's why I'm going to preach from a holy book and say we're to, we're to surrender to a holy life. We allow the Holy Spirit to have more and more and more of us because difficult times are going to come. And how are we going to keep our joy? How are we going to continue on? By having the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. See, the superficial Christian life that's so popular today and that is so prevalent in so many churches today. When the hard times come, you know what happens? There's a quitting. When the difficult times come, you know what it is? There, 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 there's, there's Christians with no joy and no happiness and no fulfillment in life. How in the world can, can, can Christians face adversity, face opposition, face persecution, and still shake the dust off and say, I'm more determined today to serve God than I was before I had all the opposition. And how can they have joy in their heart and joy in their life? It can't be done without the presence of the Holy Spirit. It can't be done without the presence of that third member of the Trinity that so often gets overlooked but is so important in the life of the Christian today. The presence of the Holy Spirit of God. You show me a Christian that has no joy in their adversity, and I'll show you a Christian that's out of touch with the Holy Spirit of God. You're not leaning on Him. Well, we need to we need to have all of these things in place more than any program, more than any support group. You need the one who seals you to the day of redemption, that comforter that God Himself has sent, that only He can comfort you. You need His presence. You need to lean on Him before you lean on anybody else. You have to have the presence of the Holy Spirit. Are you filled with joy? So, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. I didn't ask you. If you, what you were going through, I asked you, are you filled with joy? Because my Bible teaches, and here's an example in our text tonight, that in spite of adversity, in spite of disappointment, in spite of even persecution, it is possible for you to be filled with joy.
But it can't be done without the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. That's why you find so many depressed. We have so many depressed and discouraged Christians today. Well, this is the answer. This is the answer. This is the answer. No, the answer is the Holy Spirit of God. He can do for you what nobody else can do for you. As a Christian on a daily basis, you might want to check your relationship. And, and, and of course, when we're saved, we got all the Holy Spirit we need, but, but the, the challenge in life is for the Holy Spirit to get all of us, and we ought to be giving Him more and more and more, because the time of disappointment is going to come, you're going to be thankful you've got the Holy Spirit to lean on. You're going to be thankful that you have His presence in your life, and you're not going to have time, you're not going to have uh, the opportunity to get all the things out of your life that's been quenching the Holy Spirit, that's been grieving the Holy Spirit of God, you are going to need Him. And here are these apostles. They're on their way. They have preached the Word of God. They've published the Word of God. There's been souls saved and they faced persecution and now they leave and the Scripture says they're filled with joy. And the key there we see in the Holy Ghost. In the Holy Ghost. Christians who are away from God, they don't have joy. They don't have it. But I saw their Facebook post and they looked so happy. They don't have joy. There's a difference. They don't have joy. You take a Christian who's given all of themselves to God who's given all of it, their purpose is to please Him, you can take everything in this world away from them and they can still have joy. But you take a child of God who gets away from the things of God, gets away of living after the things of God, allows himself to be entangled in this world, they've got to go from vice to vice to vice to vice to fill a void. They've got to go and do more and more and more to bring some happiness and to bring some sort of enjoyment in life. We're a Christian. If, our, if we're plugged into what He has for us, that is our joy. That is our contentment. That's what we have to have. That's why the priority has got to be God. That's why the priority has got to be fulfilling Him. Because He is the giver of joy. He, he, do you mean that somebody who is going through disappointment can be have some joy and some happiness and have to still have that gleam in their eye that only comes from the Holy Spirit of God? Absolutely. It's amazing to me when you're around and you know there are people who are struggling. You know their burden and yet they have a smile on their face that only God can give them. That's not to say there's not weak moments. That's not to say there's not times of tears and times of despair. But when it all comes down to it, we're going to shake the dust off. We're going to keep marching forward because I have a joy that only God can give me because I'm doing my best to just please Him. Just serve Him. Just do what He would have me to do. His priority becomes our priority. and We find the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. You, you, you can be disappointed and still have joy. You, you can face adversity and still have joy. You, 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 can, you can have a burden and still have joy. How does that happen? Well, well Pastor, if you, if you got the diagnosis, you'd still have joy. I didn't say you're glad about it. But you can still have something that only God can grant, but you've got to have the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Number four, and I'll be done. We find the peace of God's will. 
how does one, when they have been persecuted, shake the dust off and keep going? How does one, when they've been disappointed and they've been hurt, just shake the dust off and keep going? Sometimes you look at Christians like, what in the world could ever stop them? It's not because they have the supernatural strength of their own. It's something that comes from God because their priority is Him. Their focus is on Him. How does that happen? I'll tell you how it happens. It happens, the fourth thing I see here is the peace of God's will. How they shake that off after they've been persecuted, after somebody comes behind them and un... Look at, look at we see in verse 45, they're teaching the contradictory things. This is a register for some of you. They are putting time and effort into teaching and giving the gospel. This is days that they can't get back. This is energy they can't get back. This is part of their life they can't get back. That they are investing in other people. Somebody that by and these somebodies are coming behind them and undoing everything they have used their life to do. Sound familiar? Is this registering with anybody? I gave my life and I've been giving my life to invest in my children or, or into these people over here or to the work of God. Somebody undo it. And young people, let me say again, don't you let somebody get in your ear when you get about that 18 years of age and try and undo everything your mom and dad have done, everything your pastor has done, everything your Sunday school teachers have done in your life. Don't let that happen. But yet they're working against, and I know what sometimes, Christian, it's like, it's like undoing everything I've lived for. Working against all my effort and my time. And I tell you, it is a struggle sometimes when you know you've invested in somebody, and this very thing happens, and they fall by the wayside, but yet how in the world do they just march on, shake the dust off, and say, we'll head on to the next town. i tell you how they know they do that, because they have the peace of being in God's will. They know it was God's will for them to be there. They know they were teaching the truth. They know they were using their life exactly how God intended their life to be done. At the end of the day, Christian, the results are not up to us. What somebody else does with our investment in their life is not up to us. You and I must at the end of the day know we live in God's will. We have done God's will and there is a peace that comes for being in the center of God's will. See, when, when bad things happen and difficult times come, sometimes the only comfort you have is, God allowed this because I know I'm in the center of His will. It was First Peter that talks about that. Suffering if the will of God be so. That's a much different thing being in the will of God. And difficulty comes. Because you can comfort yourself, I'm doing exactly what I know God has for me to do. But being stepping outside of the will of God in adversity coming, there's not that same peace. 
See, what an example we have set before is they just shake off the dust of the difficulty, shake off the dust of, of some working against them, the persecution that comes. How, how, how do they have all of this joy? They're filled with joy. They're in the middle of God's will. There's peace that comes from the will of God. Hey, Christian, if you're in the will of God, no matter what adversity comes your way, you can have joy because you know you're doing exactly what God wants you to do. You're exactly what God wants you to do. How is it that we're such a happy church? I think it's because we're doing the will of God. It's because we're following the will of God. It's because we're patterned after the, 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 the Word of God. We're magnifying this Word. We're trying to pursue souls. And there's joy that comes from knowing when difficult time comes. Know you're in the will of God. That's why mom and dad don't ever take your family out of a Bible preaching church like the Emmanuel Baptist Church because it seems like it would be a little easier. Or when, when, when your eight-year-old gets to be 16, they don't want to do it with the program anymore. You keep them under the preaching of the Word of God in the will of God because when adversity comes, there's peace from knowing you're doing exactly what it is that God is trying to me to do. There's great comfort that comes from being in the will of God. The will of God does not mean that everything is going to be perfect. The will of God does not mean it's going to be easy. Not one bit. But how does a Christian shake the dust of disappointment off? Say, I'm going to go teach my Sunday school class another week. It's because they know it's the will of God. How does a Christian still have joy? It's it's really, you you sit as a pastor and sometimes you know what somebody is going through and you look and you say, well, I wonder how they keep going. I know the weight they're carrying, but you couldn't tell by looking at their face. Why? Because it's a joy that God has given them that only God can give them. It's being in the will of God. Christian, know you're in the will of God. Be in the will of God. Because when that adversity comes, what what, what is going to ha- ha- be able to? Sh- you could be able to shake that off and be able to continue. And the disciples were filled with joy. I think that's a great goal for every Christian. Just to be filled with joy. That doesn't say, and I'm not saying tonight, that you have to be happy about your circumstances. If your health is not what you'd like for it to be, or if you, if you just come right out and say, I wish it was different, I, I struggle with that, you don't have to be happy about it, but you can't have joy. You can. Or you can have disappointment. Somebody hurt you, or somebody wronged you, or... Somebody undid so much that you, in the life of somebody you care about, that you spent so much of your life putting into them. Somebody worked against you and undid that. Can I tell you, you can still have joy. You can still continue on. You can still be happy about serving God. I believe there's some pretty key things we've looked at tonight. If we keep God's priority our priority, since He's the giver of joy, He'll give us joy in doing His will. Magnify the Word of God. Let the Word of God have its work. The presence of the Holy Spirit of God. You say, well, so many have left me. And, and friends, some of you experienced this. and If you haven't already, you'll experience it. There's going to be people who leave you because you stay true to this book. 
So how do you how do you go on? How do you continue? How do you still have joy? Well, if the presence, if the Holy Spirit is with, I'd rather have the Holy Spirit with me. I'd rather have His presence with me. When I lay my head on my pillow at night, it's not about anybody else. It's am I right with my God? Am I doing what He wants me to do? And if I can say yes, the burden can be heavy, the path can be difficult, but I can still get up in the morning and have a joy in my heart that only God can grant because I am doing the will of God, I am in the will of God, and I can shake off, fairly speaking, those circumstances and continue on and, Lord willing, have joy in my heart and be filled with the joy of God. Well, you can have joy in ministry. You can have joy in serving God. I don't, I'll be honest with you. I don't understand when Christians are serving God and not happy about it. We've let things distract us from the main, the main purpose. God grants that joy. So while I'm doing His will, there's a peace that comes from that. There's a, there's a peace that only He can grant. In this world, there, there's so much heartache in this world. So much misery in this world. The last thing this world needs to see are joyless Christians. Well, you're a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. Well, what's it like? Let me tell you everything that's going wrong since I got saved. You need to get right with God. You're not going to hell. That would be the first thing you want to testify about. You know, it's amazing. We always remember the negatives and the positives that God grants along the way. The God, has, the God has done so much for you and I, things that we don't even know that He's done for us. I, think, I, I, I just wonder if that's how heaven's going to be part of it. It's like, God, you did that for me? God, you did that for me? I never knew you did that for me. I didn't know you spared me from this. I didn't know you allowed me to have this. It was that unseen hand of God that works and works and works and works. But yet, when life brings us difficulty, we want to quit on God. We want to give up and say, I'm doing the best I can. Why did God allow this? Well, won't we just be excited that we get to be in the work of God? We get to do the work of God. We get to have some part of His work and let's enjoy the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. They were filled with joy. How's your joy tonight? How's your joy? That's why I got a heavy burden. Well, you can still have joy. I've been disappointed. You can still have joy. As a matter of fact, you can be filled with joy. You can be happy about serving God. Father, I pray that we will all take note of the truths that were pointed out tonight. Father, I, I know that there are many with heavy burdens tonight, many with great concerns. Father, I pray that the message tonight will just be a reminder of how good You have been to us and the key to keeping our joy. Father, I don't want to be a stumbling block as a Christian because I don't have the joy that I should have. Father, I, I don't want to be a hindrance to Your work because I've allowed it to become about me and not about the task that You've placed before me. Father, as a church, I don't want us to ever get a sour spirit because things worked out differently than we thought they would or there was some adversity. We're just trying to do... Your work. Father, may we just continue to 
have joy. The peace that comes from being in Your will. I pray that You'll use the message tonight. I pray the Holy Spirit of God will lead. Father, maybe tonight somebody just needs to get an area of their life right with You. Uh, Maybe somebody needs to put their eyes back on You. Father, we do need Your help to give us strength for burdens that we're not capable of carrying. Father, may we quit looking for understanding in some situations that didn't turn out the way we wanted them to and just look at You instead and just be thankful that we still have an opportunity to serve You. I pray that You'll use the message tonight to Your honor and glory. We stand to our feet. Our heads are bowed. The piano begins to play. If God spoke to you tonight, we all to you.